Sweat Equity Podcast and Streaming Show, Pragmatic Entrepreneurial Advice with Dick Jones. I'm your host, Lost Missing. To my right, your left, number four on your programs, number one in your hearts, Eric Redinger. Where'd you get that number from? Nobody cares. I don't know. I'm silly like that. I'm a silly goose sometimes. Um, this episode. What? Is brought to you by Grasshopper. Try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat gets you $75 off an annual plan. Business phone line, Google voice numbers. Don't be a jabroni with those. Get a business phone line that's a scalable business phone system that you can separate your personal from your business life. Yeah. What's the worst thing when you call someone and they're trying, they have this like side hustle or they have their own personal phone for their business. Do you call so much blood? I don't know what to do. Right. You call and they go, hello, who dis? And you're like, is this the business I was trying to call to give my service? You guys do service? Grasshopper. Try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat. Gets you $75 off an annual plan. You don't need to get another cell phone like a burner drug dealer back in the day. You can get another little app. I have it on my desktop too. Someone texts me, I can hit them back right there. That's key. Like messages. Big deal. Mm Mm-hmm. That's Grasshopper. Try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat. Gets you 75 bones off an annual plan. Our feature sponsors, Warby Parker, warbyparkertrial.com forward slash sweat. Like Key Sweat. Gets you five free pairs to try on at home. Like these glasses I'm wearing. If you're watching some YouTube, Facebook, or Vimeo, or LinkedIn, or uh, Twitch, or uh, all those other sites that have Not on Twitch, so don't go there. Okay. Other thing, uh, Pornhub. So. OnlyFans, Pornhub, Cameo. We're all in all of it. Uh, ExpressVPN, you want to anonymize web searching? Yeah. You want to not worry about your browser history yeah. when you die? Try Express, ExpressVPN.com forward slash sweat. Gets three months free off an annual plan. Don't be a jabroni. With, <laughs> with you shouldn't sure die within three months. I know. I can't do I can't stop using jabroni. And I know. And that reads. Uh, but get three months if you use TryExpressVPN.com forward slash sweat. And then uh, listen to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend. That's the best way to help this show out. And uh, watch us on the former, uh, the aforementioned YouTube Vimeo. Am I having a stroke? Yes. And then, uh, yeah. Are you ready to get this started with Keith Dobman of My Shower Door? Yeah. In episodes 270? Nope. 271. 271. Yes. Mm. Let's get it going. Oh, howdy, Tony. About my sweat equity. Keith, welcome back on. We had such a weird ending to our last conversation. It felt like we could talk to you for a while, or at least debate some topics uh if anybody's listening that wants to go back to an episode it's 266 where uh we had a lot of conversation about compromise versus negotiation i guess we semantic how did it end weird i don't remember ending weird it ended no not weird but i mean uh, that part ended i shouldn't say the episode ended that way i i think that conversation about just philosophically uh kind of was open ended oh okay i guess Okay. Not that we have to beat a dead horse or anything, but uh, I do find it. Inter- t- I do find do it interesting. On it real- well, yeah, I find it interesting that since then, you've sent us more thoughts, and so that's why I was like, "Well, let's just have you back on because it's an interesting conversation." 
I want to preference this that these things that I've recently learned in my negotiation, I think there's a big difference between negotiation and bargaining, too. I don't want to get those confused. But I've recently learned over the last year, year and a half from a, a company called Black Swan Group. And the person who runs this company is a former FBI lead negotiator um, domestically and internationally um, for all kidnapping, hostage taking. And he really honed in these skills over like a 24 year period regarding like the neuroscience between communication and obviously negotiations. And, you know, how do you. How do you compromise with a, a kidnapper, right? You know, he's, he's got two hostages and a million dollars. And you say, you know, we'll take one and we'll give you five bucks and an Uber instead of a price. You know, you just can't compromise. And when I really started listening to how he described the differences or, the, you know, the direct reasons why you wouldn't want to compromise, um, I recently heard him tell one about Colin Kaepernick. And I think I said that to you guys, and I, I just want to bring it up again. Whether no matter what side you're on with the Colin Kaepernick kneeling saga, you know, disrespecting, respecting, whatever it is, whatever side you're on, Colin Kaepernick started his boycott or whatever, not even going on the field. It wasn't until a, a special black ops, like former soldier, went and had a discussion with him and said, you know, when one of our fallen soldiers uh, passed away, we kneel at his gravesite to show respect Colin Kaepernick compromised on his stance and thought he was doing the right thing by kneeling and showing respect and look at the negative like that's what compromise does where people just want to have the easy way out of the conversation by compromising and then it can blow up in your face I mean look at how that has blown up on its end and nobody even really knows about that first beginning part that it was actually a compromise to show respect. Right. But we don't also know what would have happened had he just done that. Like, what if he stayed in the locker room? Like, maybe what if he's worse off if he stays in the locker room? Maybe a guy stabs him while he's in the locker room. <laughs> what What then? You know, it's like yeah. you don't know. So to say that, like, him not negotiating or compromising was his downfall, I mean, that's kind of tough to say, right? Well, I'd ask you, why was he sitting in the locker room in the first place? Well, how much does that even matter? Well, because the point of it was, is he wanted to show that the American flag was disrespecting uh, minorities or whatever his case was. So he didn't want to salute the American flag. And people said, you know, this is our civic responsibility. This field was bought under the pretense that we want to get everybody together and come together. And what's the most civic thing we can all do is when we hear the first few bars of national anthem, we all stand up together and we unite. And he was protesting that. And he got away from his protest, whether you agree with it or disagree, I don't happen to agree with it, but he walked away and compromised instead of having the tough discussion to get to the root of the problem and work out a amicable solution for both sides. He compromised and went out and started kneeling on the field, and people even thought that was worse. It's just, it's it's lazy. It's just lazy. I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's. He he was doing that so that he could create a dialogue. You know, there he did that so what that people would dialogue. Look, whatever his, whatever anybody's issue could be. I've got it right here. But actually. like, obviously, it's about 
you know, police uh, brutality, all that stuff. But, like, that was his way of starting the dialogue. You know, you can say, oh, he stayed inside the locker room and he compromised and now look at him. But, like, to say that we know what would have happened had he just stayed in the locker room, like, what, what, would, what difference would it have made? People would have said, oh, he's staying in the locker room. Why is he doing that? He wants to talk about this issue. How's it any different than kneeling? But there is no talking, and I think the kneeling was just a way to, as they got closer to having those discussions to get heat off. I think it was just, I think it was a compromise. It was a compromise. Get a lot of heat. He's got money on the line. He's playing. He's getting pressure. You know, it really kind of put him in a box. What's in, What's interesting about this whole conversation? I mean, we can go back and forth about Kaepernick. I don't think. I mean, that's been talked about so much. And, it, like, as I'm, I'm skimming through the origin of all of it, it says some. I'm on Snopes because I never know what to believe sometimes. And it's like. Sure. Uh, no, not that I was, like, fact-checking the, you and the story. Oh, um, I think you should. I think it actually <laughs> happened. Um, yeah, right. I, I think mean, we all agree it happened. I mean, no, uh, what it was saying was I was trying to look up the origin, the player, former player. He was a, a military guy that was telling him about it and see what. What? Pat Pat uh, Pat Tillman? No, what? he got he died friendly fire a long time ago. No, I know I didn't. Uh, Nate, what other Nate Boyer? Are... He didn't. He wasn't active uh, like uh, Tillman though. I don't think um, yeah. he was a former Seahawk player, I believe. But the deal with that is it start it starts off with him in a pre Colin Kaepernick in a preseason game, sitting down on the bench, in in street clothes, not in a uniform. And that was the beginning of the protest, not not the knee. Uh, small detail I find kind of interesting because preseason games kind of don't matter, and now they matter this year but because um, everybody's getting injured because they're not in football shape. Okay, um, sure. But it's one of those things where in preseason games, don't no one cares about them at all, and it was such a non-story because he's just sitting down during the national anthem, and it probably just looked it, – it didn't look disres- – it looked disrespectful, whereas the knee – Makes a statement. I guess my thing was just. I went more brand. I, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if you know he stays in the locker room. How much different things would have been is my point. That's all I'm saying is like he stays in the locker room. Then then we t- we talk about it the same way, and he still gets blackballed from the NFL. You know who knows? It's just that's my point. Here, how, about, how about this one? This one will be more like binary, real easy. Yeah, let's get. I let's be, let's use a different happy. example. <laughs> let's use this one. That's a quick one. Want to make my wife happy? I consider myself, you know. I want to capitulate. I want to play golf on the weekend. We're going out to dinner. She wants me to wear a certain outfit, of course, and she wants me to wear these white shoes. I got these black ones I want to wear. I need to wear them. They're my favorite. I'm just going to compromise and wear one of each. Good. Married man. Come on. You know what you're doing. You won't get, uh, does it get you laid? No, the real answer is you wear gray shoes. That's the answer. Yeah. Got gray shoes over there? Are you happily married? No. <laughs> okay. Then you won't understand that. <laughs> right. We're both divorced. May, maybe we Uh-oh. might. Actually, we might understand it way more. Yeah, right. <laughs> Keith, you want to move in with us to yeah. our apartment? Maybe you should have been compromising. You can move in with us. Oh, no. With all this compromising we were, gets done with. And then you do it with lawyers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you and the lawyers cannot compromise and come and live with us. And are you happy about that when you compromise? Are you happy about that? Sometimes it's nice to get things done. It depends on context. I the the problem I have exactly. with the, the but the problem I have with your questioning was it was so broad. It, you just said, you know, it, it, 
you spoke in absolutes about it. And it's just like, no, well, there's a context for everything. Even the, your FBI hostage negotiator, he's got to put a bunch of variables together too, right? So there's a context within his, his you know, his, uh, his segmented kind of specialty, right? But you're speaking in such broad strokes that everything, everything isn't negotiated or is negotiated, right? And I know we're speaking I'm shorthand. The point, but I'm trying to make the point that there's a lot of room between yes and no if, you, if people just have more dialogue instead of as soon as it gets to – everybody gets to a point. So a, a negotiation. People, when they're <laughs> negotiating, they're like, ah, this is uncomfortable. How do I get out of this situation? And it's usually a compromise because that's just the quickest way to get away from it instead of maybe – But you see compromises surrendering. Say that again. You see compromise as surrender. You see it as a loss. Or weakness. And compromise. I, I see it as an easy way out. I don't know if compromise implicitly means you lost. I didn't say lose. No, there is no win lose. Oh, I'm using it. I'm, I'm, I'm defining it for you in the context of what you're giving it to us. Right. Because every scenario you've used, both this episode and last episode, has been a situation <laughs> where it, it, it has had a disagreeable face with it, right? It, you've not presented I mean, an example of compromise with... in a good light. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Do you? Do I have lawyer's have logic? I... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I think in a contrarian way. I try to see both sides of an argument, uh, kind of at the same time, and like flip the coin on the other side. I just okay. Ha- why don't we do this? Why don't you two show me an example where two parties came to a table with agendas? They. They compromised and they left the table ecstatic on, wow, this was a great deal for both of us. Give me one good example. Uh, there's mutually beneficial deals that happen. You don't think so? I didn't say anything. I mean, I've done them. I've done mutually beneficial deals. Fantasy football trade. And you're extremely happy when you left that table after compromising said, I am so glad I just compromised on that deal. Or maybe I negotiated. So you lied. I lied. How do how do you lie? Like, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't understand. Again, compromise. It sounds like compromise. It mean is a pejorative in your head, and it's still to it, me. It, it it's may, a lie. A pejorative. It it mainly is a. Uh, it mainly a lot of people use it in the context of compromise being kind of like. Uh, At least neutral. Lost. Yeah. At least neutral. Or you didn't get everything out of what you wanted. You got you lost a little bit. Or and the example you're giving is I do like what you're saying about compromising out of an argument because people will do that, right? Um, but at the same time, it's a it's a surrendering to leave the conversation. So yeah, in that respect, I just think that's an interesting side thing you brought up because a lot of people will not go into detail about an argument. And they will. I've I've done it when I get my brow beaded of by course. by the for, by the aforementioned ex-wife of like just going over stuff too much, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Then I'll do it. I'll do it. And then you're right. And that's in that situation, yes, uh, because I just want to leave. I just want to stop this thing it's from just, happening. You want to preserve the relationship, but you want them to leave you alone. But that could be considered a win on that side too. Because you're preserving it now, you're you're eating it now to preserve it later. Well, to me, it's so just the, it, in the desired result. Sorry, the, it, the desired result you want at the end may not happen right there, 
but it does have the intended consequences later. It's just, it seems unrealistic to me. I'll put it that way. Like, to, the, to piggyback on what Law is saying about it comes across like a loss or a pejorative sort of situation, that means that every situation has a winner and a loser. And that's saying that you expect to win or bat a thousand every time. And that just, because if you're not, then you're giving in a little bit as to what somebody else is wanting, and then you're compromising. So like you, you know what I'm saying? It like feels like just, a logic uh, college class where well, you have it, to debate. Like, I, it yeah. just seems unrealistic to be to say never compromise, because I, I mean I'm a 37 year old man. I know for a fact that is not possible. I, I I just there's no way you can just never compromise without coming across like kind of an asshole. You know, like how do you how do you not be an asshole in this situation? You know what I'm saying? With with empathy. Sure. Weapons-grade empathy. Okay. Tactical empathy. Okay. All right. And what would... Could you give me an example of that? Where you're it getting what you like, want, but also showing empathy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's been said the art of negotiation is letting the other side have your way, and you would do that through either um, a series of open-ended questions, building rapport by either labeling someone's emotions, making the situation a... Yeah, empathy. Um, under, it, it, seek first to understand, then be understood. So I need to listen to you and, and, and further this conversation for you to kind of let your guard down, feel comfortable, and tell me what it is you're really after. And in, I talk about compromise in the context of sales mostly, and I try and teach our salespeople is customer comes in and says, listen, I want to start. I want mm -hmm. this. Oh. door and I want you to knock the price off and if they just started saying yeah yeah we'll just compromise I'll knock the price off I wouldn't be able to continue to grow this business a lot of these customers there's things that are more important to them that they're not even aware of until we bring to their attention because they're not buying frameless shower doors every day that's our job as a professional to hear what their opportunity or problems are sound them back to them so we can build rapport and trust and then show them the solutions to solve the problems that brought, you know, that brought them in. And usually price is third or fourth on the list. Even though they come in and they say, we're just looking for something cheap. We just need, what's that price right there? We want that. And, you know, that's all we're looking for. And if I could slow things down and um, point out a few emotions that my gut's telling me, you know, your intuition kicks in. And if I... And, and help build rapport and trust, trust-based influence, I can start to direct that path in a, into a meaningful collaboration for both people, not a win-lose. It'd be more like a win-win without having to compromise because they came in and said, the price is too much. I need something cheaper. And, and I didn't just capitulate. I used some of the skill set to kind of unlock those unknown unknowns that they weren't willing to tell me when they first came into the showroom. Therefore, not having to compromise right out of the gate. <laughs> I, I don't know. Does That's, that make sense? It sounds like circular logic. No, no. <laughs> no, it, it yeah, just sounds it's like a way of, if of it's business, it's then, market research more than anything. I don't know if it's empathy more than it is just asking the right questions to figure out what they're 
their needs are. You know what I'm saying? Well, what is empathy, Eric? I think it's the uh, idea that you can sort of feel what other people are feeling. Put yourself in their shoes and uh, try and You don't have to like it or agree with it, but you're right. Just to understand where they're coming from. You know, what, what brought them in? What's causing them to act this way? What's causing them to reach out this way? Instead of combating it with a, a statement or an order or demand, I would use empathy. Yeah, yeah, we agree with that for sure. But I'm saying like the way this was the the way this was originally positioned was overall just uh, business, non-business compromise is not an option for you. And I remember last episode, you gave us an example where you did compromise with something with your wife. Yes. And I was like, yes. What are I'm we not doing happy here? about it. Well, what are we I, doing here? You compromised. I'm learning. Okay. I told Okay, because the way you were talking about it is like, you. this is what you follow. That's that's the way it was coming out. It was like, Keith, I cleared out my extra bedroom. I was like, oh, this guy's going to be moving <laughs> in here in no time. No compromise my ass. Go on over. I'm telling you with um, I'm getting better at not compromising because I'm, I'm <laughs> that's not no that's not, not a good no thing. that's not how you got to as you get older you cut your let your tune down you know you chill out a little bit and you compromise more as you get older I have more meaningful dialogue to present more opportunities for myself and for my wife by not just compromising, you know, can I go do this? No, okay, and then just walk away from each other, and now we're both happy because we're out of each other's hair. You know, I, I'll... That, that's you know, like a lose-lose, really. <laughs> that, the, so the outcome is different than the, the, what you would consider compromising, right? So we can't... You can win-win, not compromise or compromise. You can lose-lose, compromise, not compromise. It's, or win-lose. Compromise, not compromise. It doesn't the 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 result of what happens at the end. It could be different for both parties. That guy that came in to get a shower door, he could you could have sold it to him, right? Uh, he he could have thought he got upsell as soon as he walked out of there, right? Oh, I got manipulated because this guy's asked me about no, my no, golf game. I want to give I me that hard compromise clear. question. I want to be very clear. There's zero. Not you. I, there's no one-off deal, especially with the internet now. You, I, that would never be the intention. You know, I'm never going to sell somebody something they don't need. I can promise you that. Because it'll show up real quick. I shouldn't I mean, have used you as an example. Magnified. The, the, Just in generality, yeah. somebody walks into a store, they feel like, as they're talking to the salesman, great, great deal. And then they walk out and they're like, oh my God, what did I just do? You know, buying a car or something crazy. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of it's about incentives, too. So when you're talking about the hostage negotiator or uh, the negotiator FBI guy, you know, he's looking at the incentives of that guy while he's talking to him, trying to – he's probably not – he's not calling him and going, hey, stop that douchebag. He's doing like, hey, I understand where you're at. I understand you've got kids. I've un- I understand what happened to you from this, this issue in the past. So he's using empathy – as not weaponizing it, but he's using it as leverage, right? Why is that not weaponizing it? It's tactical. He knows exactly what he's doing. It's purposeful. You're right. You're weaponi- probably right. I think actually. weaponizing would be a call to action. I think he's. It is a call to action. He's not. He's no, picking he up call- the phone and he's calling. No, no, no. I'm saying in talking to him, giving him a call to action, giving him a directive. 
giving him. No, I, I I say what you're saying, Keith. Like that, you're right. He doesn't necessarily really actually care what this person has gone through. Like, no, what they really care about is getting is saving lives or whatever. So, but they're gonna be, they're they're weaponized. They're weaponizing empathy. It's what they're doing, really, and you know. Well, I, I was trying to go the front part of the conversation, I guess, well, in my head oh, when, my when he's talking to him. So that's uh, why, because empathy to me, when you're talking to someone in any kind of like conflict, be it business, sales, or something extreme like the negotiating thing uh, with a hostage negotiator, whatever, um, you know, I think I always, I always have it in my head that if you're going to have a strategy of being empathetic and listening to the problems. It's always front loaded, so that's my bad. I, I'm so used to doing that in meetings that I think I just assume that's y'all knew what I was talking about. Front loaded how? Like in the beginning of the conversation. So, uh, I'm do I do when I do any intro call with someone, it, I just tell them straight up, hey, I'm going to just spend this hour trying to listen to you as much as I can. Ask oh, I questions. see. Just trying to figure out what what they need. This is our working relationship. This is the beginning of it. If this is the beginning of it, I want to. And I tell him now, I want to show you that I'm, I am listening to you because I feel like that's something a lot of people in my industry don't do. That's how I weave in a competitive advantage, right? Um, but it's, I do it naturally anyway. I, be, I was doing it before I knew it was a process because I'm always like, how can you solve a problem if you don't know the problems? If you don't know – if a lot of problems have a little bit more nuance than, you know – They all do. Yeah. Everything has nuance. Right. There's more – I like the minutia. I like detail in, in a problem or, you know, even like a, a joke or a story, whatever it is, the, the, the minutia, the, the little things in it are what I think are important sometimes. Mm. I couldn't agree with you more. It's like Tony Robbins, a little two millimeter shift. What's that? Is that where it shoots off in a different direction? Thousands of miles. No, just turn, uh, certain you said little the little minutiae, the little difference. No, like what's the, when we're, the Tony Robbins So one thing. of them would be, an encourager would be, uh, um, another one of their taxes, mirroring. Yeah. So, if, so what is that? And, and that's sometimes how you get those unknown unknowns to come out because you're doing multiple things at once. You're building rapport. You're showing the other person that you're listening because I just repeated one or two of the things that you just said. But most human beings have this, when they hear that being said back to them with deference, they want to expand and use other words and start, you know, talking more. And, you know, I, a good listener listens while other people talk. And sometimes it's better to encourage people to talk more because, A, you're building rapport, you're, you're building trust. And when they let their guard down, they're more apt to tell you things that they normally wouldn't have told you when they first walked in. Because they're expecting every used car salesman to say, you're here to buy a car today, or they've been beaten by whatever you were saying earlier. You know, you're kind of anticipating this being a sleazy kind of situation because it's a salesman. Well, I mean, you know? first dates are similar too, I, the way I see it. Because I could be very, br- I can talk, I can talk about myself, whatever. I, I can do it. Day. I'm up my own ass all the time. Long. Not narcissistic, just self absorbed. But I'm saying, like, uh, there is a difference, okay. um, but I'm saying that I notice like any date for the first first time you're going out with with someone, you know, it's very similar to me because I I'm in my head I'm like don't try to just 
my my issue is trying to be fun, too funny or try to entertain too much or whatever. Oh, don't be too funny, Law. Well, no, the, no, you don't want her to pee your because, pants with because you. It, no, it's pushing rope because the more I try to do it, the less successful I'll be, <laughs> right? Yeah. Especially yes. like on this show. And so the more it, – it's same, same in like a, a sales thing too. Uh, the more you try to go, me. all oh. this stuff. Sorry. Cause you, you gotta, Are you talking? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's better to ask questions and be curious, right? Yes. Actually, curiosity is awesome. Yeah, no, I found myself in that position <laughs> out at the bars the other night, and I'm like, oh, I should uh, think of some questions to ask. But I also don't care about the answers, so I just kind of trailed off. Because you didn't care about the situation too right. much. Like, you're... It, because the expected, because the desired outcome is not worth a, the, the effort. Uh, yeah, the cost of benefit me of doing it. about a question. Yeah, because you're like, uh, and that was straight up what it was. I was like, eh, right. You can keep talking, I guess, but I don't. I guess I think okay. in, in expected results or desired results or you know what could potentially happen percentage wise too, right? Definitely what I was De- thinking about. I was running the percentages. I was running the numbers in my head. You, you were, know, but you're not. You're not doing it like Rain Man. You're just, you know. No, I was. I threw a bunch of cards <laughs> on the ground. I was like, <laughs> it was not a love connection. You're like, pick those up, bitch. And she's like, I'm leaving. You're like, God damn it. Like, yeah. That didn't work. Right. Um, but yeah, I think uh, what so mirroring, right? I, I don't. I I don't know if we got to what you were saying about that. It's just kind of. It's what you think it is when you're talking to someone in, in any. We kind definitely of, talked. He. Keith explained the okay, whole thing. Okay, I I, maybe I missed that. We're paying Sorry. attention. I, we got a lot of irons. You, mi- you missed that? He, yeah, yes. He wasn't paying attention. So I was straight up. Attention. I was here. I was here. He said, how about mirroring? And then he went on to talk about it. I didn't know if you had more, more of that definition or more of the tactics. How about that? Of mirroring. So later, when you're, later when you rewind the show, we just did it there twice. And when I did it, you just kept talking and talking and talking. Yes, yes. So, so what you're doing is you're just repeating one to three-ish words, or when you get real good at it, the important word. But the key to it I is I feel like he does that sometimes, yeah. Constantly. <laughs> oh, Eric gets it. Yeah. Constantly? I no. feel like that's what he does. All, that's He's what... mirroring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's doing two things at once. It's building rapport, and it's, it, you're, you're going into their kind of subconscious to help trigger a gut instinct, an intuition. Right? You're kind of connecting their thoughts, and it's allowing them to speak more. And when you let your guard down, you start telling your tr- you know, what's on your mind. It's and a- at the end of the day, that's, I want to help them. I want to know what's on their mind. Sometimes people just need help because they've been battered by used car salesmen and creepy guys at the bars and all types of podcasters. Mm-hmm. Yep. And these are two out of three, of baby. <laughs> these will be some of the skill sets to help kind of walk your way through that so you can ultimately help whoever you're trying to collaborate with. What other uh, tactics? I, I like, I like so, knowing the names of these things. Like it's yeah, so yeah, kind of keep it, I don't know, articulate. Mirroring, mirroring labeling, um, Accusations audit. There's like you can Google it. It's like the FBI eight or something they call it. Mm. <clears throat> but very um, all neuroscience based stuff. Harvard uh, Quantico rewrote the book on negotiation uh, based on this skill set. It's pretty pretty fascinating stuff. 
He's looking it up. Earlier on, Keith, he had the definition of the word I spelled comprise it wrong. <laughs> pulled up. <laughs> I, was, I can't he, I could see him looking at it like, oh, I'm going to get Keith so good. No, no, no. <laughs> He's not even close I'm on trying to definition. pay attention, and I, I'm like... I'm like, what is he looking at? Why? I know. Idiots. <laughs> that looked bad over here, but uh, glad you brought it up. That's fine. That's yes oh, and. I wasn't going to let that go. That's yes and the show. I wasn't going to let that go. <laughs> yeah, I'm yes anding myself. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, at the very end. <laughs> um, I don't need you. But yeah. Yes and. What's, um, I guess, what other sales kind of tips can you give anybody listening? That, look, I, I, I read that Harvard Business Review case a long time ago that everybody's a salesman, no matter if you're actually in outside sales, inside sales, or your middle management, you're selling an idea to your boss, your, your middle management, and you're selling it down to your, your employees, you're delegating, your uh, subordinates, I should say, you're delegating to. So everybody's a salesman. Once I read that, it made sales less icky. Uh, I feel like you're, you're getting into the very, you're, you're getting into varsity level stuff here as far as getting better, which is cool. You're continuously improving your skill set. What are some tips you can tell people, you know, that are doing that side hustle that have to do sales and hate it, right? I I, I, I come across a lot of people that are doing their own thing on the side, yeah. But the part they hate the most is the hard sales or like closing a deal or any of that. And so, any pragmatic tips would be great. Uh, and thank you for asking me that. I I started this business in 2003 with my brother and father. And for the last like three, I kind of felt like I was falling into a rut. You know, I knew our industry, I knew our product, we went vertical, but I was just kind of going through the motions. And when I came across this, it changed everything for me. It reinvigorated me. And, you know, I always knew there was more. I just didn't know what it was. And I thought I could just, you know, um, wow people with value proposition and you know always pitching them our product and why we're better and and i would say the most beneficial thing that i've really learned over the last year and a half was not only how to be a better listener but then what i'm actually listening for so i'm not just you know it's i know it's real cliche just say be a better listener but i'm actually listening for one or two nuggets of gold that i'm gonna highlight and and subtly innocuously have the customer expand upon and then i'm going to um, offer solutions in a manner that they're going to tell me and they're going to leave there going i don't know what just happened but that was one of the best experiences i've ever had and i would definitely do business with that person again and so it that all started with just listening listening and then what am i listening for i'm listening for uh, emotion, you know, there's, they, they say there's three different types of people. A caveman was a fight, flight, or mate. And translation that to today would be like an assertive, aggressive person, an analytical person, and then, you know, like the friend-oriented person. And if you really look at all the different types of customers, everybody really boils down into those three buckets. And depending on what tr- animalistic traits you have there, there's certain of those skill sets the FBI has that gravitate more towards one versus the other. Like the mirroring is something to be used with an aggressive, assertive person because they like to talk. What's most important to an aggressive, assertive, which is my natural born type, is knowing that people listen to what I had to say. That's the most important. And so when you can recognize that when you're talking to a prospect, um, directing a certain skill sets 
with the appropriate um, subtype, you know, the fight, flight, or made friends, the aggressive, assertive, analytical. It really opens the doors um, to them telling you what they really want and just getting to the point a lot quicker. Saves time. Saves a lot of time by listening instead of me just jamming down all the information and and showing how knowledgeable I am and all the awards and our manufacturing and uh, actually just quicker to hurry up and listen and then point out a few of those things and then boom, we can get to doing business. It's actually a lot faster. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. So being a good listener, I would say would probably be the best thing, but then listening for something in particular. You know, if your gut's telling you something, that's what you want to act on uh, because your your gut is triggered by your um, your intuition, your subconscious. So interesting fact that I was reading that, do you know how much information your conscious mind brings in per second? They studied, they said, if you close your eyes, open your eyes for one second, you bring in 40 points of data per second. Your subconscious, they say, is in the neighborhood of like 30 million per second because you got the depths, the sizes, the sounds. You know, that's, that's how we breathe. We don't even think about it. We're just subconsciously doing it. So when you do some of these labels or mirrors or some of these other skill sets, um, you're triggering their intuition, you know, their, and it's throwing it down to their gut saying, you know, I don't know, but I'm kind of on the fence, but this just feels right. You know, we've all had that. It just feels right. Well, where does that come from? It comes from your intuition and your, your subconscious mind. And if, if you can use these skill sets, it helps drop all that stuff into their subconscious mind hopefully triggering that gut instinct to say, wow, I need to go on this podcast to these two guys. They're fucking brilliant. I don't know what it is, but the way they talk to me is brilliant. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like way, that. Way, way to sweeten you, that. The way you ended yeah. it. Um, really brought us, like, <laughs> gathered a lot of steam hey, at can, the end there. You can come on anytime, butter oh, our bread. That's nice. fine. Um, yeah. Uh, I had Here's a, another one. Here's another it. one. When you're likable, you're six times more likely to do a deal with someone. If, if I can just be, if the customer will likely, they're six times more likely to do business when they just being likable. So there's another thing about copper. You know, they're six times more likely to do business with me if they like me. And I don't have to change my position on anything other than being likable. Yeah, yeah, that worked for us too. Yeah, We sure. would find ourselves hanging out with clients, like just, you know, that, they wanted to be around us, you know, that sort of thing. It was, uh, it was a nice bonus. Yeah, I always looked at it. Can we hang could, Can we hang with them if we had to do an overnight war room session? Like, be that kind of, um, you know, almost business colleague, friend, because they're not hiring us full time. We're coming in and kind of working with them, collaborating with them quickly, and then they got to do a bunch of stuff. So if they – if our phone rings to them to ask them a question and they go, ugh, yeah. and they're hiring us, that's bad. <laughs> you know, yes. like, and you never want to be that. And it's, it, you know, you can just really be polite and listen a lot of the time. Uh, but also, um, you know, it's a lot of those other subconscious things as well, like you're talking about. Just, uh, I was telling you, I, I have to remember to smile before I go on stage, like, while you're doing jokes or you have resting bitch face. I and know. People, people think that, you know, not having a good time while I'm telling jokes. And I've noticed like that little thing changes the set for me dramatically. Yeah. Um, wow. That's brilliant. That is so true. In that same study, they said just the smiling 
is wired to these um, mirror neurons that make you 31% smarter just by smiling. It's like, what a hack that is. Yeah. 31%. If you were to go to the casino, and I told you, if you just smile, you're going to have a 31% more chance of what, I mean, you'd smile every time. There's so much stuff that it's, if you just do it, just smile, just do it first. It, you feel happier. And if you afterwards, if, the, the action coming first leads to the result that y- you want. If that makes sense, it's I momentum the, creates itself. If that makes it sense. It. How about the yeah, theory like of action like, comes first and then momentum. Does that make sense? Well, if you're not having a good time, they're not having a good time. It's kind of the theory. Okay, way to mess up my awesome, awesome <laughs> you know, like, knowledge. I just kept it. Well, I'm giving something to take away on a cocktail now. Yeah, I just like, did. <laughs> yeah. And then you shit on it. Yeah. Thanks. No, it's the same. <laughs> we're saying the same thing, man. No. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, this is interesting, man. Um, we we got to cut it off pretty soon. But any any other tips you got? Sales tips. Otherwise, uh, I was always just in, I was in the camp of like I had a boss that told me. When you do, I was in the salon suite business, meeting a lot of hairstylists, and he's like, just just ask them one question, they will talk for the whole hour. And that's the profile of a stylist, because they absorb everybody else's crazy, right? They're trying to start their own salon to get out of salon drama from the previous place. It's not to make more money, which I thought it was. But he goes, here's what I want you to do, though. I want you to get these 10 pieces of information out of that conversation. So it was almost like a game. And he's like, if you can get social security number, mother's maiden name, no, date you, of birth, it, all that. He's like, if you can get what you know, what their previous salon charged, what kind of setup they had, if they sell retail, if they do this, if they do these five things too, um, you know, if they have friends that are frustrated as well, that's going to help our sales. It's going to make your life easier. Are they hot? It, that would be that's trouble because it's like. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of women in one roof, and it was be, I'd be the only dude in there a lot of the time. So, nice. Yeah. Um, no, I was married at the time and never, never strayed. But I'm saying... What's the matter now, huh? It's when... It, <laughs> yeah. Am I right? It's all, it was all for naught. No. Uh, Should have been. I never, I, never, I never compromised my morals on that. Uh, going Good to, man. Going to a callback from the first episode you are talking about character and all that stuff. Me too, for the record, I guess. <laughs> Hashtag. Yeah. Jeez. Just miserably don't get asked for a while. So that thing of like, I, and I'm, I'm helping someone, I'm helping an agency. They hired me to help them with their business development style. And I'm going through each meeting and I was talking to them about that. Like you want to come away with that meeting and have some information to be able to help with that proposal. Now yours is a little bit different because you might have more people in the scenario you're giving. It sounds more retail than it is like a con- big contracted deal. But same thing goes. Even when you're meeting them in the parking lot to walk them in, those little things matter, you know? Everywhere. Any, any, these things work uh, only when you're talking to humans. Really doesn't matter what you're selling. Um, if you ask I want and I need, you're in a negotiation. These skills will work. Yeah. Well, right on. Well, thanks for coming on again. And uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Let's do it again. That's fun. Let's do it. It's fun. All right. All right, guys. MyShowerDoor.com for everybody out there. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you, guys. Have a great night.